What's up, gifted family? Welcome to another episode of the show that is the GP YouTube. Just a reminder that if you support what we do here, make sure to go over to giftedperformance.com and sign up for our automated coaching service. For only a dollar a day, you'll get access to 15 highly customized training programs, a macronutrient calculator, our meal planning feature that lets you build and save meals based on your macros, as well as access to our private Facebook group. All subscriptions help us in continuing to put out great content to get you to your fitness goals. Thanks for stopping by, and without any further delay, let's get into today's video. Enjoy. Welcome back, folks. Another episode of the GPP, the Gifted Performance Podcast, where we give you the information and practical takeaways to improve your own general physical preparedness. I am, as always, your host, Big Squat Papa. That's what they call me on the streets. And I am joined with a lovely guest today. Her name is Amelia Wall. She goes by Millie? Or is that just what the people um, close to me call? Millie am Beals. I allowed to call you that? You can call me that. So I just Can made I it kind of my Mel? Instagram name and people call me Millie Bears in person. It's kind of, so I kind of, whenever I think of you, I think of, uh, oh. I don't think of Ryan. I just think about your Instagram handle. Yeah. Even, even my fiance at this point just calls me squat dad. It's weird. It's a strange vibe. And I honestly don't Jimmy? think I have, I don't have a name anymore. Good old Jimmy. She doesn't have a name either. And <laughs> speaking of people that have no names that are actually just only personas on the internet, we've got Mr. Polly Red Rocket. Polly, how are you? I hope people start calling me Red Rocket. <laughs> Red Rocket's fine. That suffices. <laughs> well, you're like Rocket from uh, Garden, Guardians Rocket of Power. the Galaxy. Take oh. a little raccoon. You're like a little scavenger. Eat whatever. Eat little salmon and rice bowls. And then we've got Mr. Kuza. Team Kuza, the man, the myth, the legend, who's been drilling stuff. You've got a drill on one side, and then you've got your hypervolt on the other. The question is, and what his makeup vanity behind him. Yes. Wow. Dom, Dom lives a very strange life when he clocks out every day. I do. It's very. It's you know you learned a lot about it when we met. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I can't disclose that. We're already we're already banned on YouTube. So when you search our stuff on YouTube, if you have like parental controls on, you won't find us. Isn't that Why? some bullshit? Isn't that some bullshit? If you Kids need to learn about exercise and nutrition and they won't be able to learn it from us. But if you type in reverse hack squat, I'm the first thing that shows up. You are Paul's the number one result. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Let's actually get into our conversation today. Let's quit bullshit. Oh, what do you got there? Zevia? Ginger ale? Yeah, they were out of the um, the Coca Cola one. She is drinking Metamucil. <laughs> is that the best what one? Is you it? The Coca Cola. Yeah, I like that one. I put this supplement called Kava in it, and it like calms you down. So I don't know. It's like little <laughs> droplets. It really does make you feel kind of like ooh, I don't know. <laughs> she just messes up a Percocet in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, some guy on the street sold it to me. He said it was Kava. He said it was natural. It was natural. <laughs> All right, sweet. So let's give the people an intro to who Amelia Wall is. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You came on today to talk about your history with kind of 
competing in figure, transitioning over to powerlifting. I think you do a little bit of like functionally fitness kind of stuff now. So give, give us the rundown. I probably ruined your story. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll fill in the gaps. It's okay. So um, I guess I started competing whenever I was like 17. I was really, really young. I didn't really have an athletic background. I was kind of like more into arts and things like that. But, um, I had a really athletic frame for some reason. And, um, I met my coach and he put me on stage and then I won the overall and just kept winning overalls. Um, should have probably went to a national stage at that point, but I just didn't. Um, and then I quit competing for a while and kind of just like fell off the face of the earth. And, um, I came back and then actually met Paul through Johnny years later and then started I just told Paul like I hate working out and I want to not hate working out can you help me I don't really have any goals so that's how that happened and then um I've been training to get on the fire department so I did a strength walk or two I've never competed in powerlifting but you know I just dabbled on getting getting stronger and then I have recently been focusing more on like more specific preparation like strength and conditioning and yeah, it's it's been really it's been really good. So the people love numbers. They love squat bench deadlift numbers. Amelia, what are they? I think the last thing I well, I got rep PRs, right? So like I think my my bench I got one thirty five for nine and then my deadlift I got one ninety five for four. And then my squat isn't as strong as it should be. I actually feel more comfortable in a front squat for some reason, but my back squat I think I got I think it was 210 for like seven or eight, which Paul knows where I started. 135 was like really scary for me. So, oh, yeah. Paul, yeah. can you verify? Huh? You can verify? Was, was terrifying for now. Now, can it you was. verify that those are higher numbers than what Dom lifts? They're getting <laughs> close, man. You, you got to stop it off, dude. They're definitely, definitely higher than a pathetic well, cross. I think we're losing like your eyes. Though. Whose eyes are we losing? Her, are we not? No, I see her eyes. I don't see her forehead. She's oh, self-conscious okay. about her forehead. I am, yeah. I covered it up with that with a hat today. It's a solid forehead. Give it like a, a four out of five. Um, yeah. All right. So in terms of what you do when you're not hoisting heavy things, when you're not lifting heavy stuff, you've got a coaching business. You're, you're not doing a good job plugging yourself here. Come on, make some money. Ah. The coaching side. My bad, my bad. Yeah, so I started Wall Strong Fitness about two years ago, and I get a lot of like clients that are kind of like me. So they're lifestyle clients, and they just want to get like healthier. And then I get some athletes too that want to compete. And I swore I would never train a competitor, but I helped out a friend, and I end up loving it. Um, and then I also do some public speaking here and there. And I started a YouTube channel myself where I have plug it, plug it. So I, you know, I dabble in kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, you can just search my name. It's just under Amelia Wall. So. Wow. 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 Just drops a very wow, casual. Wow. Just There's Google no me. Just Google me. <laughs> no, no. YouTube me. You'll, you'll find it. I don't really know what my handle is. I think it's just my name. Um, and then, yeah. So that's what I do. And then I recently got accepted to be on the fire department. So you guys are like the first people I'm really telling. I got that phone call not too long ago. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Love. Yeah. Well, let us offer you your first congratulations. Thanks, guys. guys comments below. Give her some congrats. 
Um, so you kind of threw it in there, but I want to hear about kind of your coaching experience, your experience working with other coaches. Did you have good experience working with other coaches? Were they bad experiences? How did they shape and mold you as a coach today? Fuck right. everyone else. Paul's the best answer. Paul, number one. Everybody else, very distant behind. <laughs> Paul really is the best. I think I've had three coaches, but Paul's been the best. Best out of three. Everybody has, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my the other people are great, but um, so, like, I had this coach. He was really cool, and um, it was just really old school, and I think we were all just doing the best we could with what we had at the time. And it was just like a grungy gym, like in a rough part of town. And you could probably like, I don't know, walk down the street and I don't know. But so it was just a really, the name of the gym was called Ruthless. And so they just, pri- they just pride themselves on being like really hardcore powerlifters and everything like that. And um, it was that very 2012 mentality where it's just like, you know, whoever hurts the most, like wins and we just have to make sure you're miserable let's do two hours of cardio a day and starve you and um I mean it worked but I think I could have done it a lot more like pain-free and maybe had some more longevity um so that was that experience and then I met Paul and I kind of saw him through Johnny because Johnny was like posting different stuff and about like how you don't have to get sore to do this and all these things that Cause I was starting to train at the time through like a globo gym. I didn't really know very much. And I was just like, what is Johnny talking about? Like, this is an, of course you have to get sore, you know? And then I was just like, well, I, I guess I kind of need to figure out what it is and why he knows so much that I don't know. So I was like, I really want to know this guy. And Johnny just seems so much happier and he's getting so much bigger. So I was like, I'm going to reach out to Paul. So yeah, I started training Paul and I was like, wow, you're really smart. <laughs> and I just started learning more stuff. Johnny seems like he's not in pain all the time. Can I get some of what he's got? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Johnny seems like happy and like he likes to work out. And I don't like to work out. Maybe I should figure this out. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. That's kind of interesting because you have a very similar story in terms of your training prior to meeting Paul, right? Yeah, I was like the uh, two sets one of them has to be where I'm bleeding out of my eyes and I can't move after. So, and then Paul was like, Hey man, look, we're going to start, you're going to do four away from failure. And I was like, what, (laughs) how am I supposed to work out? It was the weirdest thing, but now I'm just like, I'm like growing like a tree. Like just jacked. Water. Love this is it. Doing all, right. all kinds of great stuff for my self-esteem, dude. Yeah. Paul, uh, this yeah. the title this this just inflating Paul's ego. So <laughs> yeah. you're, you're having a really good day you're today. Ahead. Yeah. Oh, that's so, my call. Oh, you're looking lean. <laughs> Wait, you're what? looking lean, Paul. You. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, I am up like 30 pounds since I competed. But we're holding it together, I. Right? It's not too bad. This is a, this yeah. is becoming an episode where we're just passing compliments to each other. Amelia, your hair looks very nice today. Hey, appreciate it. Dom, Dom that's a great hat. Fantastic Thank hat. You. Thank you. For people that are listening to this like on vanity, Spotify, Dom. they're going to be like, this is the most worthless episode. I can't see what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And they're just sitting there complimenting each other. <laughs> so hold on. So you said you 
started winning overalls when you were 17. I don't want to make you age yourself on the record here, but what year was that? That was 2011 or 12, one of those years. That was when yeah. figure was relatively new, right? Um, I don't know if it was relative. I honestly, I wasn't even familiar with this sport. My first time on stage was the first time I had ever been to like a bodybuilding show or anything like that. I was so, I didn't really even know what to expect, but yeah, I know that I looked up to like Aaron Stern and Nicole Wilkins and Aaron Stern or Nicole Wilkins. And I have like, wait, Aaron, sorry, have like completely different builds, but I was just like, Oh, when I was like that, but she has like super long muscle bellies and all that. But yeah, so first overall, I was about 17-ish around there. So it was a small show. Um, it was really cool. It gave me like a lot of confidence in my abilities to achieve different things I didn't know I could do at that young age. Um, but, you know, a lot of other stuff kind of came with that too. So Yeah, so I think that's kind of where we want to segue into next is like... Yeah. One thing thing that I love that you just very casually threw in there, you're just like, so I'm 17 and I, you know, I won an overall and then, you know, I did another show and I, you know, won another overall and I'm sitting over here like, how many overalls do I have? Oh, that's zero, zero of them. And she's just like, yeah, I just, you know, walked in casually, won that overall. She's like, what what does that mean? High score? Is that good? Did I break it? Did I break it? (laughs) So with with those kind of overall wins and as you kind of stacked up wins, you probably saw a very big spike in popularity and notoriety, whether it was local or kind of overall. When you look back on that, how how do you view that situation? What was it like for you to like barely know what a sport is? And then all of a sudden you're like, quote unquote, the next big thing within that sport. Um, well, I mean, I think this was when Instagram was relatively new and, you know, people were kind of posting their selfies on fitness or on Instagram and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I saw like a lot of popularity. I wasn't really expecting at all. I mean, I think I would like go to sleep and wake up and then, you know, all of a sudden I would have like a thousand new followers for some reason or something. And it's kind of like happens like that. I don't know. I think because it was just so new and I just, there was, um, it's really difficult, you know, putting whenever somebody's young and then you kind of magnify like problems that you already have to deal with, like figuring out like what you're supposed to do. And then now, you know, people are sort of know who you are and you don't even know what you're about yet. And, um, you know, people were, I'm sure you guys get this as big guys, like, you know, the people that are in your DMs and kind of like fetishize you and like all those kind of things, you get that. But I was only like 17. Like I haven't had like a real boyfriend yet. I didn't even know like what was, what is this? You know, I wasn't expecting it. And like I was on sites and all these things. But so there was like a lot of bad things that were with it too. But now I get to like talk about it and like make really cool friends that I wouldn't know otherwise. And, you know, there's, there's pros and cons. I think all of it like happened for me. So that's what we were at now. Paul. Do you ever get fetishized? <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Can you, yeah, can you, yeah. <laughs> some of the most disgusting things. <laughs> like, I don't, like, especially Facebook. Like, you can't have a, a photo of you looking jacked as your profile photo. 
So when yeah, you, so when you look back that. on that situation, do you look at it like in a positive light? Like, oh man, like I had so much fun. Like that was so fun waking up to all those new followers, all the messages and whatnot. Or do you look back on it and you're like, get me the hell away from that. I would never, I don't want to ever have that happen again. I look at it as a gray area. I think that there was a point in time where I would be able to look back at it and only see it in a negative light. Um, excuse me. But so now I think that I wouldn't be as into fitness as I am now. I don't think I would have be as grounded as I am without that experience because it sort of kind of taught me I who I am now and what I can accomplish and also during preps you spend a lot of time alone and you kind of really have to like get to know yourself and what you're about and talk yourself through these scenarios where like I want to quit and just to have that confidence at a young age I feel like gave me a really unique perspective on life but I mean I missed out on a lot too like I was so hungry I didn't really like go to like proms or like things like that or do like normal high school things um which was totally okay. And I think that, <clears throat> so I've opened up about this before. I had an eating disorder, you know, that I experienced like even before then. And it kind of made it better for a minute um, because, you know, you have to eat like to compete and in a really strict way, but you're consuming calories at least. Um, but there was one point in time where I was just, I was dieting for like a whole year and it made it worse. And then you're kind of searching for validation outside of other people, you know, I mean, to other people and kind of outside yourself. And that's a really dangerous thing whenever somebody's like 17 and they don't really know who they are yet. You know, I don't know where you guys were at at 17, but you don't really have a grasp on who you are. And then like other people are kind of telling you, so it just makes you more vulnerable um, in a way. But now I can reflect back on it and just, there's so much growth that came from it, you know, from those experiences that I wouldn't really know who I am without that or kind of have the relationship with myself or like with other cool people like you and my friend Ella. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it did a lot for me. It did a lot for me, but I think that I had to realize a lot of tough things that a lot of young people wouldn't have to. So, I think yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. I think probably to you, I'm sure you could agree with us that being able to kind of go through those things and, you know, overcome a lot of it and just struggle through it has probably transferred over to your coaching and being able to identify with certain clients and, you know, speak to them through experience, you know, right? Yeah, I think it, you know, I think it gives me a really empathetic outlook. I mean, I would assume so just because I kind of get the client. Um, well, a lot of coaches will kind of refer clients to me that are just like, Hey, I don't really, you know, this coach or this client is a lot, or they kind of, you know, they need a lot of like emotional labor. And those are kind of the clients that I always get and they kind of break through and they like working out again. And not that that's like in my scope, but you know, just like, those are the kind of people I attract just because I'm pretty empathetic from that experience of like what it's like to hate fitness or, you know, come from this or, um, just overcome adversity. And that's kind of what I focus on on my YouTube channel. I interview people that have overcame adversity just because I'm always rooting for the underdog. I don't know if that's just like me or my experience, but you know, that's what I'm into. So those are the kind of clients I get for sure.
when you were in high school, high schooler, 17 years old, competing in bodybuilding, I would assume that your classmates had a poor understanding of what bodybuilding was. Were you, was it like, what is this strange sport that you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I, a lot of people were super supportive and they kind of knew what was going on, on Instagram. So they'd be like, Oh, like she's really cool. This or that. But other people would be like, why is she eating chicken in class? Or <laughs> I remember one time it was funny. Like I just, I, you know, I had a spray tan from a show and she's orange. Like, why would she get a spray tan like that? And I'd be like, you just, you just wouldn't understand. Like, I also thought it was like really like cool because I had a niche hobby, you know, like how people are just like, I'm just so hardcore and other people just don't get it. You know, it's kind of lame, but <laughs> it's something we like to like, I don't know, do and think about. So yeah, it was, Weird. it was Weird funny. So just my Tupperware. Yeah, my Tupperware in the class and and all of that. So, yeah, I can imagine that was strange. So, kind of getting into our next question here. Now that you've transitioned away from competing, what do you think was the biggest catalyzing factor? What was like the biggest bad taste in your mouth that kind of got you away from the competitive scene? Mm, Biggest bad taste in my mouth. I think I was going through, it was a mixture of some personal things in my life. Um, my house kind of just got like obliterated by a tornado and I, you know, was kind of like coming out as bisexual in a really conservative community in Oklahoma is where I live. Um, and that, and like the gym crowd around here for some reason was even more, you know, kind of. I closed my thing. I don't know what it was. And my, my trainer wasn't cool with it. It was just all of these things. Um, on top of that, it was, I was just kind of like over people always having an, an opinion on sites or in my captions, things like that. I just kind of wanted to like disappear and go the opposite way. So that's like what I did. I just deleted my Instagram and I moved, you know, across the country and, um, I was just so done with it. So I just, I just wanted to get as far away. And it just seemed like, you know, everybody that I was around, like, it was just all about bodybuilding. And I just wanted to be like more multifaceted and like go to school and do other things too. So yeah, I think that's and and that's the, somewhat of the nature of your situation and somewhat the nature of the sport of bodybuilding and that it is kind of all encompassing it. It really can chew you up and spit you out by consuming your life it's the nutrition it's the training it's the hours of cardio it's it's just surrounding yourself with people that are that are all about it as well it can be it can be a lot and i would assume it was quite a lot for someone that was as young as you were at the time yeah it was it was and like you know that was my perspective for a long time that was my identity was bodybuilding and then i just had this paradigm shift where i just zoomed out and i was like this is such a small world and it's not all that there is. And I totally respect, you know, people who that's all that they want to do and that's their thing. But I just wanted my life and my person to be more than just that. So I just wanted to expand on like, I just wanted, I want to do more things. I want to have more experiences, you know, than just be limited to like having to eat and like having to be at a gym at a certain time. And I just want to go, I just wanted to try new things, I guess. I just saw like a bigger picture. And 
Paul, because I know that you were kind of heavily in the fitness space 2011, 2012. Dom, were you heavy into training 2011, 2012, that kind of time? No, I was getting ready to go to dental school. (laughs) 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 So, Paul, how do you see, because I kind of have my own opinion of it, how do you view the fitness exercise space 2011, 2012? Because like Amelia said, like Instagram was kind of just getting revved up in terms of the fitness. I'm sure there was still a lot going on in the bodybuilding.com forums. What was your engagement with kind of the fitness industry around those times? You know, like in 2011, I don't, I, I, I didn't discover Instagram. I don't think till maybe 2012, 2013. And so back then you, most people communicated on forums. I was big on teen nation forums It was very different, man. Like expectations. I feel like with Instagram, like one, you know, discovering Instagram and that becoming kind of popular. Like everybody, like once you started seeing people sort of become Instagram famous and people were becoming YouTube famous, like there was sort of almost like this desire to kind of chase that, I think, especially when you're younger, you know, I was like 22 or 23 or something around that time. And then, you know, I think also with Instagram, like everything sort of changes. At least my, my perspective is almost like this. uh, Even though nobody's like saying it or putting it on you, you feel like there are these expectations all the time, you know, like, expectations to look pretty good all the time to, you know, um, you know, not blow it coming out of a diet to look like other people to, you know, just a lot of almost, I guess, pressure. Does that make sense? Do you guys sort of feel like that? Yeah. Cause like, if you're like sitting there like posting and whatnot, like, I just feel like anybody around you is just like, Oh, well, if he falls off, like, I can't fall off because then they're going to think I look a certain way. Like, I just feel like, uh, like when I post stuff, like I try not to post as much body image stuff of myself just because like, if I'm out, I don't care, but if I'm out of shape, like somebody might be like, well, he's a coach. Why is he out of shape? Like (laughs) you feel like there's a constant need to be like up at a certain par just because of your social media. And I think I see that a lot with young kids. Um, and like, they just feel like every time they go to the gym, they have to record a a PR bench or a PR squat. And it's just like, if they don't do that, they're considered weak or they're considered not good enough and things like that. It's almost like, cause uh, I knew when I was younger, uh, what was it? Um, Reality TV shows and like Jersey Shore or the real world, like all of that stuff was really popular. And all of a sudden everybody has their own TV show. Like, yeah, everybody feels like there's eyes on them all the time. But really, like most people don't care. It's just I don't know. I think it's just a new thing that a lot of people had to learn to sort of evolve with and cope with, you know. Definitely like is like a feeds the ego, which can be like a really dangerous <laughs> thing, you know. That that immediate ego hit, the the PR lift. I know exactly where I can take this. I can take it and I can put it on my own personal highlight reel and I can have all of these 
fans that I've curated over time cheer me on and then I get that immediate feedback and it just feeds itself and it becomes this addictive cycle. And yeah, it's just it's a huge dopamine response. Like yeah, the second these absolutely. kids post something or whoever posts anything, I'm not just kids, but I see it more in the younger kids, but they just look at their phone, they post something and then they just see likes rolling in. Dude, they're just getting a huge dopamine rush that they're trying to constantly chase every time they post a picture. You'll get guys that are like sitting there like, oh, well, I get the most likes between these times. I have to post during these times. So like, you know, mm-hmm. like another thing is what what kind of fucked everything up and, you know, fucks everything up too. And people are a little more savvy these days, but a lot of people learn how to cheat the system with uh, buying followers, getting fake followers, editing their photos uh, people got smart and they would g- go through their contest prep or get really lean, take photos for the whole year, post them throughout the year and make everybody think they stay lean all year. And then you have people that don't really know what's going on or understand what's going on. They're just thinking like, oh, I'm not as good as these people. I don't stay shredded all year. I don't have this many followers. Um, my waist isn't that small. Meanwhile, edited photo or like, why does she look so good all the time and all the filters and shit, you know? So. Yeah, there's a really cool movement right now that I've seen with a few people that I follow that I really respect. A lot of the girls like do you guys follow. I only know her Instagram handle. It's Meg squat. Yep. Yeah. Like she just posts like just real stuff and like she doesn't edit her body. She doesn't try to like angle the camera. And like a lot of the people that I follow and I really respect, like, are just posting their real life and like how they really look. And it's, it's more endearing. Like that's who I would want to be friends with in real life, you know? So I, I, I love, like that, but that's what's going on as opposed to, it's like, there's, um, <clears throat> now that there's a lot more people into fitness than like 2011, there's like a lot more capacity for like the shitty in, but there's like a lot more capacity for like the really good, good into there's just, it's whatever you, Kind of whatever shows them your algorithm, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always that pushback once people start like wising up to what's going on and, you know, sort of fighting against what becomes the norm. Honestly, yeah. I, I still catch myself with like some shitty ass behaviors too. You know, like Christina will take a photo of me and be like, hey, I'm going to post this. And I'll be like, let me see. My arm looks small. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we take another one? (laughs) Yeah. So 2012 fitness industry, 2020, about to be 2021 fitness industry. What is a more welcoming place to come into? You're brand new. You want to get into competing. Are you going to have a better experience in 2012? Are you going to have a better experience in 2020 entering? Or does it depend? Because often it does depend. I'm going to say all-encompassing all encompassing answer is now for the thing that I just said. Like, maybe if you have a friend that you trust that is cool and can kind of, like, point you in the right direction with the right motivation and things like that. Um, and I know this is kind of, like, a silly thing now and people kind of took it and ran with it too far. But maybe, like, the more science-based stuff than the girls that are just jumping around with flute bands and, like promoting supplements that you don't really need to take you know what I mean like I used to be one of those girls just because I didn't know but I Johnny pointed me in the right direction he was he was the one so yeah um 2012 I think it was like very just a very niche industry 
where people were more harsh and just trying to make a buck. And, you know, there was like more, not to like point out a particular brand, but like Herbalife vultures and like things like that, you know, to just like prey on new people. Um, and then now I just feel like there's, there's so many editors that are dedicated to like debunking and helping the new people. I think it's a lot more welcoming now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would, if I was, if I was a new person, I'd rather come into it now. And also I feel like there's a lot more opportunity if you're a new competitor, you know, to like make a living out of it. There's more brands you can be represented by. Um, there's a bigger market. I think it's, I think it's a better place now. Would you agree? But even as a coach, I mean, we probably wouldn't be online coaches without Instagram. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. it ser- serves as the main marketing the marketing place. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, Dom always running his marketing, always running his specials. Dom with the, the infographics and stuff, Mister Marketing up there. God, what a sleaze ball! <laughs> what do you think, Dom? You. you think it's I think, better now? Uh, I think it's uh, well. I can't, I can't really say much because I wasn't around in like 2012. Um, but like now, I see it like. As a coach, I feel like you could get into this a lot better because, you know, the, the area of what a coach can coach for now is a lot wider than what it was back then. People only hired coaches for bodybuilding back then. Now more people are hiring for general lifestyle or other sports even. I mean, I coach, I, I coach jujitsu athletes. I coach boxers. I coach a whole variety of people. But like... I feel like in 2011, 2012, you didn't really hear much about a, a coach for nutrition was a bodybuilding coach. He was a bodybuilding contest prep coach. Now I feel like, you know, like yourself and what, you know, like Jess on our team and stuff like, you know, there's mental health coaches, there's nutrition and mental health together. There's so many different aspects now. That's why, like when I was starting and I started with just competitors, I remember one day I was like, Dude, fitness is this huge circle. Bodybuilding is this little speck in the circle. Why am I going to just condense myself to this little speck? Let me, you know, reach out to all these other places. Like if you can get somebody ready for a show, you can you can coach pretty much anybody. Nutrition mm-hmm. on that level is going to be the hardest nutrition to deal with. It's it's then bringing yourself down to a grounded level to where you're like able to talk to normal people you know, everyday people and, you know, feel what they're feeling at the same time, because not everybody is robotic as a competitor or how we are, you know, you could tell me, Hey, this is what you have to eat for the next six months. I have no problem doing that, but the average person doesn't. So bringing myself down to that level and understanding that these people can't understand that. I feel like now is a really good time to enter into the fitness industry. So when I kind of critically look at it and I think of just the industry as a whole and I think of is it moving in the positive or is it moving in a negative direction, I say, you know, if someone is going to enter the fitness space today, what is the percentage or the likelihood that they that their first encounter within the industry is someone who has ill intent or malicious intent of I want to capitalize on this individual. They're going to, you know, pay me this amount and I don't care about them. And 
man, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but I, I don't think it's any different than it was in 2012. I think that there are just as many people taking advantage of the newer kind of platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and all of those as there were on the bodybuilding.com forums way back in the day. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I, think it's, I think it's worse now. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, firsthand, have you guys ever worked for a, like a Globo gym, like selling memberships yeah. or personal training? I, okay, so the the sales tactic didn't mesh with, like, my values, I guess. So it was just, like, I walked in there, was like, I want to train, I want to help people. So, like, okay, yeah, Shadow will pay for your cert. And, like, the cert was taught me nothing at all. Okay, maybe I'll just learn on the job, you know? And it was just, like, everything was just about sales, sales, sales. Like, from there, it's like, okay, you're in the door, you can legally train, you're good. And it was like, oh, this this little old lady just lost her job. I'm not going to have her like buy the most expensive packet. And they're, you know, they're like, why wouldn't you like, why wouldn't you try to sell her the most expensive thing? Um, Cause she doesn't need it. I don't feel comfortable, you know, selling that to her. So yeah, that was my first. Ex- so like, that was my first experience, like selling kind of what you said, like the people that are going to pray anyways, but like it didn't mess with my values. So I guess like, you just got to find the right trainer and like interview them and maybe interview their previous clients. If you're somebody out there that's like looking for a new trainer and um, just kind of figure out everybody else's experience with them and look at their history, you know, like the people that they worked with, do they have like lasting relationships and with their clients and everything or, or do they have a fast turnover rate? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think to add to what you're saying, Ryan, I think with how things are today, a lot of times it's not even like intentionally malicious, but so many people are getting into it now and becoming coaches and and do think that they have, you know, sort of the baseline knowledge or what what they need to help people, you know. You a lot of people jumping into it kind of early. Yeah, sales don't change. So so when I look at like and I grew up in a household full of salesmen. My dad was a used car salesman. So I got like sales tactics shoved down my throat when I was like six mm-hmm. years old. Like, all right, this is how you like close your classmates when they have a crayon that you really want. It's like, <laughs> this is how you, this is how you get the deal. I remember a kid leaving my house when I was like eight years old. I got him to trade me his holographic Charizard for like a ESPN, the magazine Yaramir Yager card that I pulled out. That was like, and the kid left my house crying because I just like sold him art of the deal. Right. I just closed this kid. And so when I look back on that, maybe it's just my personal experience with just sales focused or sales driven individuals in general. I just kind of cringe a little bit and I'm like, Ugh. and so much of that is in the fitness industry that like, man, it's, it's hard to look at. But a question that I did want to ask you, Amelia. So Speaking to like kind of your experience with the industry when you first got into it, if you look at 16, 17, 18 year old girls now, what are some pieces of information that you hope that they have or you wish that they had coming into training for the first time, exercise for the first time, appropriate nutrition for the first time in their life? Yeah. um, So I think a few key points, like every goal doesn't have to be a weight loss goal. Um, Every goal doesn't have to be superficial. Even if they are bodybuilding, I think it is really healthy to have like a performance goal, like getting your first pull up or 
something that stresses like your abilities rather than just like your looks and just like what's going to happen when you age, you know, because I feel like part of my popularity because was because I was so young. And so what's going to happen when you're not a teen anymore and people don't really care, you, you still need to have this like validation that you got from, oh, I can like squat and my abilities and, and things like that. And you don't always have to like look what, look this certain way or be in certain shape. Um, yeah. So I think that's one of them. And then another one is just like to have some perspective. And that's really hard whenever you're young because you just haven't lived a lot of life, but know that this isn't like the only thing that there is. You should probably, even if you do make it, I think you should probably like stay in school or learn a trade or something like that. Um, just, you know, open your mind to more than just bodybuilding. And um, yeah, like once your fitness kind of cuts into your quality of life instead of adds to it, I think it's time to reassess for anyone. Holy crap. I'm going to crisp high five through the screen because that's what Dom and I were talking about this weekend. We were down at nationals and we were talking about all these people that think that they're going to take this amateur bodybuilding experience that they have and turn it into some lucrative career where 30 years down the line, they're going to still be banking because they made first call out at nationals one time. And, and Dom, I, I I thought it was a really interesting conversation. If you want to go back over some of the things that we talked about there. Yeah. I have this conversation probably weekly, like with somebody <laughs> different, like, cause it's, I don't know what it is. I mean, thankfully I was taught a little differently. was raised a little differently, but like I, I competed a few times. I'm not a crazy genetic freak or anything like that. And not, yeah, I just looked not. at this, <laughs> I just looked at this, like, yeah, competing is awesome it's a great accomplishment, but this is not going to pay my bills. This is not going to provide financial security. This is not going to do anything like that. And like, even like people look at me now and they're like, Oh, he's a, he's a successful coach. He has a lot of clients, you know, whatever. But like a fraction of that comes from bodybuilding. Majority of that comes from just your everyday person that I help. And like, we were talking about like how some of these guys will miss like, rent payments just to you know buy their food for the month like because jay cutler did it but like hey like you're not jay cutler like you're just you're just you know you're you like you need to have that backup plan have not even a backup plan i think it's an a plan at that yeah. point like, yeah. that should be what you're focusing on like bodybuilding is a hobby and i think it's getting lost again like that kids think they're gonna get this clothing sponsorship and it's going to pay them every month to wear their clothes. And then they, then they actually get it. And it's like, Hey bro, here's a shirt every month. Please post it. <laughs> give you 200 bucks. And they're like, uh, well, I thought this was like a job, but it's not. And it's just, uh, it's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. That reminds me of like, whenever you brought up, like kind of giving up your paychecks for food and stuff like that just that hardcore mentality of like, Oh, that's so I admire that. I remember quitting right before when I was in the middle of prep for teen national. Um, I was just like, Oh man, like this is the biggest loss. Like I'm just done with it, whatever. And now that I'm 27 looking back, like I wish I could go back and tell myself like, no, that's a win. Like that you just don't understand yet that you like chose to not compete anymore. Like that's not a loss. Like, 
you just you just want it all you know so just making that decision and that choice um that you don't see at the time is like is working for you but sometimes that's the best choice you can make if it's cutting into your life you know and that's all you can see I'm actually interested because 2011, 2012 was kind of when like supplement brands and clothing brands actually gave out like legit sponsorships. Like Muscle Tech was like, yo, we'll actually give you like 50 grand if you like do some photo shoots and stuff. Did you have any offers like that from from some, some yeah, big name? I did, but my mom like managed all of my email and she was like, no, none of this, none of this. Mom. Yeah, but I did. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't. <laughs> Fucking mom. Towards the end, she got to be kind of like a momager, you know. She was like about it, and we would do photo shoots. And then she was like, "This photographer wants to take a picture of your back. You got to take off your shirt." And I'd be like, "No, we're in a gym," you know. <laughs> she turned into like the mom on Mean Girls, but it's probably good for both of us that I quit. <laughs> Where's mom? Yeah. Where's mom at right now? Is she back there? I don't know. I don't know. Mom, where she is. there was some serious cell tech money there that was coming your way, and you did not. I know. That's- that's unfortunate. It's okay. We we forget. Yeah. She's sitting in a mansion right now, dude. Shot herself. I know she could have. <laughs> so let's talk now that we've kind of made our way through the bodybuilding career. It was an illustrious one. It had a nice ending to it. It was a win at the time. You didn't think it was a win at the time. You thought it was a loss, but it was. So what direction for your coaching, your career? You talked about the fire department. What kind of direction do you see you you taking your coaching career uh, moving forward? Yeah. So like one second, I wanted to get on the fire department so that I could be more selective with my clients. Like I just want that to be my passion project project and just like hang out with my buds at the gym and not have to like, you know, train people that I don't click with just because I need money or, you know, I'm not really right for their goals. Um, so that's kind of what I want to do with training. Just really simple. I'm just wanting to help people that I want to help. And then other people that I don't think is working, like I have the ability and the other cash flow to just send them somewhere. Um, but yeah, I just, I just want to help people. That's always what I've wanted to do. Um, and besides that, I mean, I feel like, I want to be on Instagram less whenever I don't feel like I need to post about it to get clients and things like that. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to. Um, And it's just my perspective is so different now. I think we were talking earlier about how people just post and live on their phone and are they even living? And I just like, I can't, it's just so much better now that I feel like I can experience like the simple things and not have to post about it, you know, and I could think twice, like, do I really have to post a picture of this or can I just be on vacation? And just having that perspective is, is really nice, you know? So, um, that, those are my plans. Just hang out with my buddies and train them and then just like enjoy the simple things and not have to post every single thing. If yeah. you don't post it, it didn't happen. Yeah, Dom's, right? Dom's headed. Dom's headed to Miami next weekend. You know you're getting a toes in the sand picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting in the hot dog legs. I actually had a that sparked a question. So when because you just recently had someone you you coached someone who just recently competed, right? Right. Yeah, Trayan. And that was that the first time you had been to a show in quite some time. Yeah, quite some time. So I actually got COVID on her second show. So I had to like, yeah, my partner. So I have a partner who like will handle some people's nutrition that are like, you know, too complicated. Um, And so she went to the show, but she updated me on FaceTime and all of that. But 
I went to her natural show about two hours away from here and I was I was just shocked at like how excited I was in the crowd like I was so loud like I was like a momager running around I did not want her to carry a bag so I mean I definitely still love it you know like I didn't want her to like touch anything like no like you don't need to like prepare your own food like I got it you know that's just like how I that's just that's so I mean I feel like I love it and I love to I just don't want to do it myself that definitely should you don't have to be like a little grumpy old man about bodybuilding. Like you can like it a million. It's okay. That was, that was even my next question. Like, did you see those figure girls up there? And you were like, Oh, I could take that girl right there. That overall winner right there. She ain't shit. <laughs> I will, um, not right now. Cause I've lost muscle, but I've definitely, I've definitely been like, hmm, yeah, I want to get back on stage. Like, hmm, yeah, I could do that, you know, but I don't know if it'll actually happen. Maybe, maybe in the future we'll see. Just, just a fun one, just a fun run. The itch, the itch always comes back. So you and I are around yeah. the same age. I'm 28, about to be 29. You're, you said 27. Yeah, I'm 27. So we'll make a pact. We'll meet up again, 10 years, and we'll both compete as masters competitors. Deal? Yes. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's take on Paul all those old folks. Paul will train us both. Yeah. Paul, can we can we put put you down for that? Fuck it, man. Let's do it. Let's run it. Let's run it. I love it. So, Amelia, before we kind of wrap things up and and head on our merry way, I wanted to give you a chance. Anything that you're working on, some big projects, end of 2020, getting into 2021, projects, coaching, ebooks, running for president? (laughs) Running for president. No, I'm good on that. Um, (laughs) No, yeah. Me and my partner are coming out with – some programs and some things that you can kind of plug in and go um, for people who maybe can't afford training and things like that. Um, so you can look at, you can look at that through 413 fitness. Um, I might start posting on YouTube again. I had a lot of fun with that, just interviewing people and hanging out there. Um, anyone listening should go check that out. Um, and I'm going to start the fire Academy, which I'm super, super stoked about. Um, yep. I guess the main thing I'm excited about is just like, doing life, like being around my family more. That's like the biggest thing coming up for me is I just want to be more present. Yeah. Those are, that's my biggest project. As it. cheesy Guys, as that sounds. Sounds like no, not story. cheesy at all. Not enough people have that mindset. Amelia does life. Excited. Amelia. Amelia does life. That's, that's a pretty good one. Uh, Dom, Paul, anything you wanted to circle back to, come around to mention before we close this sucker out, before I lead us off into the sunset. What are your thoughts on eating on Thanksgiving? Yes, let us know. <laughs> eating on Thanksgiving, a contentious issue. I think that you should let, if you're not in prep, you know, and your goals are just like, you don't have to diet and you don't have a certain time period. Enjoy that time. It's just one day. Don't be crazy. You know? Approved. You Approved. She passed. Approved. Make you stamp. Paul, yeah. anything? You should make it hurt. I think you should ruin your goal should be to ruin your body in one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So all the links to everything that Amelia just mentioned will be in the description below. I encourage you to click them. Go buy some templates. Maybe she'll have an ebook by then. By the time this is released, it'll be called Living with Amelia. Something like that. Yeah. I take, I, I, if that's the title, I will take me. Walking into a, a nice conservative 
98% royalty seems fair to me. We'll crunch the numbers after we hang with that. What is this Shark Tank deal? I don't like it. Yeah. It's, all right. Well, you know. There's that, right, there's that kindergarten sales. But this has been another episode of the Gifted Performance Podcast. Thanks for coming by. Do the YouTube things because the algorithm stays fucking your boy. Like, comment, <laughs> subscribe, share it with your friends. Make your dog watch it. Just put it on repeat. Let your dog watch it. Your dog <laughs> needs it in his or her life. We will catch you on the next one. As always, guys, you stay gifted. Bye. Bye. <laughs>